This week I want to talk about faith and its part in making our hopes a reality. Because whether you realize it or not, uh, faith is what hope is really all about. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for? Let's pray. Father, thank you today. God, for this moment that we have, those in this room, those that are watching, streaming online, God, I pray you would help me today to connect to those that are hearing. God, to minister your truth, to minister your help. That God, this would be a life-changing moment. God, I pray that you would empower us, Lord, for a moment of miracles today. Where God, you step into each and every person's life. And God, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Also, let me remind you, uh, man, next week, you don't want to miss this Christmas, uh, our special Christmas services. Typically, we go really big, but we're going really big in just these services next Sunday. Don't forget to invite somebody to church. It'll be a special uh, Christmas service, be special music, just special uh, uh, things that throughout the whole service. The lobbies will be full of just all kinds of creativity and fun and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you're a part of the service next weekend. Y'all okay? Doing good? I'm going to start with this verse right here, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Most of us are familiar with this, but I want to read this out of the message translation. It says, God can do anything. Well, that's good news. Is that good news for anybody? God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around like that, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. In other words, since God can do some crazy things in your life, some impossibilities, here, here's what God needs you to do. I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, I need you to run. On the road, God called you to travel. I like this. He says, I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. I really like this because God is reminding us here that we all are called, that we all have a God purpose, that we all have a God assignment that we're not just here to exist and survive and suck air. Come on, that's not life. No, we're not here to sit on our hands and live a life that goes nowhere, according to this. But we're here to live a God life beyond our wildest dreams. And here's my concern, especially for the modern-day church, is that so many have just settled. They've settled for the ordinary life, just some kind of life, that can just be achieved on their own. But I'm here to tell somebody today, God wants to move you beyond the ordinary, even beyond, hear this today, even beyond the rituals of boring and predictable, pre predictable Christianity of our modern-day society. How many of you know, I think we've made even Christianity boring and, and, and predictable. Listen, God has more than just boring predictable Christianity. So I'm on assignment today. 
to stir you up and remind you as a Christ follower, God has not called you to just an ordinary life. God has called you, is anybody there today, to live an extraordinary life. So the first thing that I want to do is I want to give you three things that gets in the way of that extraordinary life that God has for us. This is the reason why so many people just live boring, mundane, predictable lives. Here, here's the first thing that gets in the way. It's, it's this. It's a wrong view of self. A wrong view of self. So many people, uh, so many of us, uh, we just see ourselves wrong. We just have a poor assessment of ourselves. We see ourselves as, as just ordinary and, and even worth. Uh, worse than that is many of us just see ourselves worthless. Many don't see themselves as God's valuable creation with a purpose and a destiny, wired with gifts and, and abilities. But this is what I know, and this is what you need to know. God sees greatness on the inside of you that you don't even see in yourself. That'd be a good place for a shout, for an amen. For I'm here, I'm with you, preacher, I'm going to help you. Uh, I told you these services are just a little different. We're, we're, we're looking for participation. Come on, we're going to help you today. Does anybody need any help? Come on, is anybody done with the ordinary and you need some extraordinary? I'm here to tell you that God sees greatness in your life. Did you know that the Bible says that God says in Psalms 1835, that if you'll let God, that he will stoop down and make your life great? Wow. You mean God wants to stoop down? Yeah, he wants to get down in your ordinary, and he wants to make your life extraordinary. How many of you would love to let God do that? That's what we're talking about today. Now, if anybody has the right to teach this, you're looking at him. It, it's me. I have struggled with, a, with, with really a, a, a poor view of myself. You know, growing up, I was never voted. I don't know about you, but, but they, they, they never voted for me to be the most likely to do anything uh, or to accomplish anything or to achieve anything. I was never in the yearbook today. This guy's going to change the world. This guy's going to rock it. This, guy, this, this, guy, this guy's going to do it. On my best day, I was a C student. And that's only because my wrestling coaches talked to my teachers. I'm serious. They did illegal stuff back when I went to school. And, and they got me passing grades so I could pass on my best day, on my best day. I didn't even get, didn't even get C's. Come on, where's all my C students out there? Woo, come on, let's hear it for the C students. Come on, we don't like you A students. Uh-uh, you mess with us. You mess up that curve thing, you know, and all that. <laughs> I even, I'm sharing stuff today I've never shared in my life. But, but I'm telling you, a poor image of yourself will keep, will keep you from being the the person, the man, the woman, the individual that God has called you to be. I can even remember failing speech class. I failed speech class. No, no, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't hear me. Some of you are still thinking, you're still failing. 
I can remember my, my, my teacher was going to give me an F in the class because, because I failed at giving a speech. And, uh, and so I went to the teacher at the end of, of the semester and I begged him. I said, sir, please, don't give me an F. My dad's abusive and he'll beat me. <laughs> and God is my witness. Do you know that teacher? That teacher said, okay, what I'm going to do is you report for the next month. And he says, I'm going to involve you. I think this is illegal, too. He says, I'm going to involve you. He says, and what I'm involved with, he says, I'm helping with a campaign here in this part of, uh, <laughs> in this part of the country. And he says, what I need you to do is I need you to show up every night, and we're going to knock on doors, and you're going to help pass out flyers for the next president of the United States. That was back in the day that Ted Kennedy was running for president. And you know what this pastor was doing? I was knocking on doors, helping his campaign. Didn't even want the guy to win, but I'm helping with this campaign. Why? Because I wanted to get a passing. Yeah, nobody's listened to me this morning. <laughs> Acting like I'm the only one. I mean, in my life, I've struggled. I have felt inadequate in so many different ways of my life. I was picked on growing up because I was small. No, you don't get it. I was really, I was really, they would call me shorty. Like, like you don't know how small I was. When I got, I got my license at the age of 16, I, I was like barely five feet, you know? And, and don't look at me that way like you're... Never had a bad day. But, but, but anyhow, I got my license. I'll never forget it. It was like the first week having my license, and my dad let me borrow the, the family car, which at that time was this big old Cadillac with the fins that come out the back. And, and I'm trucking down the highway, driving away this big old tank, and this cop comes passing by me and, and slows down and looks at me and gets behind me, pulls me over, comes up to the, to the driver's seat window, and he says, hey, I need to see your license. And so I whipped it out, and he about fainted. He said, I swore you were only 12 years of age. <laughs> and then he looked at me and said, he said, you know what? The next off-ramp, he said, there's a Kmart right up there. He says, what I need you to do is go buy a booster seat so you can see it out, <laughs> so you can see out over the steering wheel and not kill anybody. God is my witness. I was small, man, I had these buck teeth. I mean, you, 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 you know nothing about buck teeth. Call me Bucky. I'd come to school, they'd call me Bucky. Thank God I had parents that somehow figured out a way to, 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 to get some money and get me some braces, but then I had to go to school with harnesses all over my face. Not only that, for most of you, you don't even know, I wasn't even supposed to be. A boy. My parents, when they had me, they didn't have a boy eh? because they weren't expecting a boy. They, they, they really didn't want, they already had boys. They were going to name me Charlotte. <laughs> they weren't expecting me. So, so you know what I had to do? I had to be bullied by my brothers my whole life. You know, they didn't call me, Randy. You know what they called me? Charlotte. Come on, has anybody lived that kind of, anybody ever fought with your image, self-image? Yet look what the Lord, come on, I'm here to tell you, look what the Lord has done. And nobody is more amazed than myself. So, so here's the question. 
What's keeping you from your dreams? What's keeping you from living an extraordinary life? Is it your insecurities? I'm, I'm just a nobody. Is it your fear? I'm afraid. I, I, I can't do that. Is it your inadequacies? You, you keep measuring yourself by yourself instead of measuring yourself according to the God that lives on the inside of you? This is how God sees you in 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are God's chosen treasure. Come on, you're a treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation. Notice this, his own special people. Listen, in God's eyes, you're his treasure. In God's eyes, you are special. Not to just sit down and sit on your hands, but notice you have a purpose that you may proclaim the praises of him. I'm just here to tell somebody, if you're going to live the extraordinary God life, it, 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 it begins with the proper view of your, yourself. Here's the, here's the second thing that gets in the way of us being extraordinary. It's a wrong view, not of yourself, but it's a wrong view of people. In other words, let's just be honest. People just bug us. <laughs> and can I get an amen? It's not the time to give an amen. <laughs> for, for so many people, people are not people to be loved. They're just a problem to be avoided. In life, people can either irritate you or they can entertain you. And it's going to be your choice whether they irritate you, whether they entertain you. You see, you can see the, the, the traffic jam. Or you can see people who need Jesus. You can see the crowds at the mall and get irritated. Or you can see people who need Jesus. Uh, The Bible says in Matthew 9, 36, this is how Jesus saw people. When he saw the crowds, he felt irritated. No, he felt compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. Do you know how Jesus sees people? He sees them harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You will never, listen, listen, you will never live out your God dream. You will never see God do impossible things in your life if you have a wrong view of people. Can I remind you when it comes to God, it's all about people. Jesus came to the earth to die for People. So if you want to live a life that God has for you, it will be a life that ultimately impacts people. And if you don't get that right, then you're going to think your money's for the wrong thing. See, God is not trying to give you longer life so you can sit on your hands. He wants to give you longer life so you can impact people. God wants to give you resources, and God wants to give you money, not so you can just buy another car, but that you can do the Abrahamic covenant thing, that you could be blessed so that you could be a blessing to all families of the earth. God doesn't want you to be healed with cancer and be healed of sickness and disease just so you can waste your life away. He wants to give you health so you can make an impact on people. How do you see People, the quickest way to get in trouble with God, here it is, just mistreat people. It's huge with God, especially when it comes to believers. 
In fact, the Corinthians tells us that the reason why so many Christians are weak and sick and even prematurely die is because they mistreat people. Woo! That's free of charge. I didn't even say that in the first service. Somebody needed to hear that. I'm here to tell you, if you want to do the extraordinary, you've got to see people correctly. Here's the third thing. It's the third thing that gets in the way of our extraordinary life. It's a wrong view of God. Wrong view of ourselves, wrong view of people, wrong view of God. This is really the one I want to talk about today because some of us, this is where we're missing it. We just don't see God correctly. We have forgotten that we serve a miracle-working God, a God who is all-powerful, a God that can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever think or ask. And because we have forgotten who our God is, we're not dreaming the God-sized dreams anymore. Can I remind you the God that you serve? Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah 32, 17, Oh, sovereign Lord, you did indeed make heaven and earth by your mighty power and great strength. Hear it. This is the kind of God you serve. Nothing is too hard for you. Can you believe it? We serve a God that is not overwhelmed by your problem. Let me say it this way. We serve a God that's not outmatched by your difficulty today. There's nothing. Somebody shout nothing. That means whatever you are going through, listen, God can fix it. God can deal with it. There is nothing too difficult for him. We serve a God who wants to empower us to live a life of impossibilities, to live a life that is beyond ourselves. This is what Jesus was communicating to the disciples before he goes back to the Father at the end of his earthly ministry. He shows up one last time to talk to the disciples. And, and, and this is what he says in John 14, 12. Jesus looking at the disciples, and any time, listen, any time it's in the Bible, it's not, it's not Jesus talking to those disciples, it's Jesus talking to us. The Bible is God talking to us. So this is what God is saying to
Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.